now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey. Hey, it's Ty Smith of the Spokane Chiefs. It's Adam Bocas. Hey, it's Joe Valeno from the Drummondville Voltageurs. Hey, it's Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. Hi, I'm Dominic Buck. I'm Jacob Bernard Docker of the Oakville Oilers. It's Joe O'Brien. Hi, it's Barrett Hayden of the Sioux Greyhounds. Brady Kachuk from the Boston University Terriers. Major Junior. In the 100th year of the Memorial Cup, the Ankeny Panthers team tall have won it for the first time. NCAA. Everybody in that Bulldog section's on their feet. The bench is ready to party as the UMD Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. The World Juniors. Time winding down and Finland has won the World Junior Championship in Vancouver in spectacular style. The NHL Draft. The Buffalo Sabres are proud to select Trollunda defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. And more. Oh, oh my goodness. We're not going home yet, baby! This is the Pipeline Show. Here we go. Welcome to the Pipeline Show, everybody. My name is Guy Flaming. Glad to have you on board for this episode as you are as we are all getting closer and closer to the NHL draft. If you're a newcomer to the show, Maybe it's this time of year where you're starting to get more interested in prospects and you're looking to see who talks about prospects. Well, that's all we do here on the Pipeline Show is talk prospect hockey. So if you're new, welcome to the Pipeline Show. Hopefully you'll stick around uh, after the draft and through the offseason and into next year and throughout the season as well uh, instead of just coming in right before the draft. But if that's what you do, that's fine as well. If you're a returning listener, then thanks for coming back uh, for more of the Pipeline Show. As always, we start things off with the question of the day. I put it up uh, on Twitter earlier this week, so this one had a few days to uh, get some votes and things like that. Uh, the question was, uh, of the uh, of these four Belarusian players who are up for the draft this year, who gets taken first? And uh, the four names that I put up, I put them up in alphabetical order. Uh, Vladimir Alistrov of the Edmonton Oil Kings, of Vladimir Kolyachanok of the Flint Firebirds, Alexi Protus of the Prince Albert Raiders, and Sergei Sapego, defenseman, also with the Prince Albert Raiders. Those are the four players that I put up. If there's another Belarusian who gets drafted, there might be another one, but not ahead of uh, these guys. I would be pretty surprised by that. Uh, so those are the four players. Uh, my vote would have been for Vlad Kolyachanak, the uh, defenseman with the Flint Firebirds. Uh, I had uh, spoken to people around the top prospect game, and that's when I had him on the show that uh, was down in Red Deer. Uh, so you can go back to the shows in January and look that up. Like uh, Kolyachanak, I was told, might be the best Belarusian ever uh, to play in the NHL. And yes, there's there's a list of Belarusians. They're not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, huge impact players over the history, so... Uh, but uh, Kolyachanak is coming in with a, a bit of buzz and had a pretty good season with the Firebirds, a, a non-playoff team. Um, so he would have been my vote. The way it broke down on the uh, Twitter question is Alexi Protus with 41% of the vote. And maybe that's more of a, I don't know if it's a Western bias because I'm out West, so maybe the audience is a little bit bigger out here than it is uh, er- elsewhere. Uh, or because he, that's who most people saw most recently at the Memorial Cup with the uh, with uh, the Prince Albert Raiders and through the WHL playoffs, whereas Flint didn't make the uh, the playoffs. And Vlad Alistrov was okay in the postseason, but didn't have the impact that, that Protus did, or Sapego did, uh, for Prince Albert. Uh, so 41% for Protus, 34% for Vlad Kolyachanak, 17% for Alistrov and uh, Sergei Sapego 
uh, getting just 8%. I think there's a chance that Sapego doesn't get drafted uh, as he was eligible last year and didn't get taken. If you're looking for where that question is on Twitter, you, maybe you don't follow me yet, uh, you, can, you can do that. At TPS underscore Guy is where you would find me on Twitter. And uh, thanks to the 10.5 thousand of you uh, who are following me on Twitter. If you're uh, not yet, uh, why don't you give me a follow and then you can keep track of everything that's happening around the Pipeline show. Uh, news and notes this week. Well, one big one, obviously, uh, just coming out here as I'm speaking with you. It's Friday morning and uh, it came out yesterday. Greg Drennan actually breaking the story that the Medicine Hat Tigers had parted ways with uh, head coach and GM Sean Clouston. Uh, and the reason they were doing that is because Willie Desjardins is going back to Medicine Hat. That has now been confirmed all of about uh, 10 minutes ago by the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, so Willie Desjardins uh, back in the WHL, where he was a head coach. And uh, was he GM? I, I think he was GM as well. Back when the Pipeline show started in the uh, mid-2000s, uh, that's where he was uh, with guys like uh, Chris Russell and Cam Barker and a uh, long list of players, Tyler Ennis back then as well. So he's back in a familiar stomping territory, although a different rank than uh, when he coached and uh, and worked for the Tigers. But um, good to see Willie Desjardins back in the WHL. Unfortunate for Sean Clouston, and you'd have to think that that's a guy who won't be unemployed for long in the WHL if that's what he wants. If Maybe he's got pro aspirations and I, I would think that uh, he, he's a guy who could move on to the American Hockey League, I would think. But you look around the WHL right now and where there are opportunities, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head, is there a coaching vacancy right now? Because the teams that struggled last year, now Prince George has got Mark Lamb. They they made that change already. The, the Kootenai Ice have relocated to Winnipeg, but I believe everybody is still intact there. James Patrick uh, behind the bench and, and Matt Cockle as GM, Swift Current. Uh, status quo there. Regina's uh, not hasn't made any change, so I'm not sure that there is a an opening right now. I mean, head coach vacancy in Kamloops, but not the GM job. So I'll be interested to see here what uh, what happens with Sean Cluson. Perhaps somebody uh, a team gets off to a slow start and makes a change. I guess maybe the Brandon Weekings uh, they uh, they had uh, made a, a general manager change, didn't they? But uh, not a head coach change. So uh, I guess they're. Only time will tell what's going to happen here uh, with Sean Clouston. But like I said, good coach, good GM, and uh, won't be out of work for long unless he's looking for a different opportunity outside of the Western Hockey League. Just my feeling. The NHL uh, Draft Combine uh, going this weekend, uh, all this this week in Buffalo and this weekend as well. And that made it hard for to get uh, some guests this week uh, who are draft eligible, like for the 2019 Draft Spotlight. So what I decided to do was you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity this week while all those guys are tied up and busy. I'm going to talk to some players who aren't at the Combine and guys who were, you know, that ranked, but a lot further down than, uh, you know, might be fifth, sixth, seventh round guys, might not even get drafted. So I grabbed uh, three of those guys you'll hear from on the show today. I'll tell you about that in a second. Saw a story on uh, sportsnet.ca, uh, Ryan McKenna writing up uh, a Q&A that he did with David Branch, uh, the head of the CHL and the OHL. A lot of it focused on the announcement that uh, they're looking for a full-time CHL president. Uh, he, David Branch is going to step back and only concentrate on his OHL duties. Uh, and so for the first time in a long time, the uh, there will be a CHL president. Uh, and interestingly, it, it won't be a CHL president to oversee everybody. He'll kind of answer to the three 
OHL, WHL, and uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League uh, commissioners. So in the Q&A story at uh, sportsnet.ca, Ryan McKenna's story, uh, David Branch is asked by uh, Ryan about uh, the qualifications the, the candidate has to have. And uh, David Branch replies, I think the new age individual has to have a feel for hockey at all levels, starting at minor hockey, up through the ranks, junior and pro leagues, doesn't have to have been a hockey player or totally immersed in the hockey program, and then must understand today's new environment as it relates to various multimedia platforms and social media and so on and so on. The new age, the new way, we need someone that has an idea and possibly some experience in that industry as well. So you got to be a hockey guy obviously you also have to be a a media guy as well so i don't know if there's no names that uh, immediately jump out at me but uh, somebody that uh, is well versed in in uh, the way the game should be presented uh, to uh, to the fan i think that sounds good uh, but also has to have a strong uh, understanding of how hockey works on and off the ice uh, also said that they hope to have somebody in place uh, before the start of the season. So that's over the next couple of months. Uh, last thing to mention, uh, you, you go to whl.ca, and right at the top you will see a giant green fluorescent green banner that says class action lawsuit information. It's basically the WHL explaining the whole a lawsuit situation and, and the CHL's perspective uh, on uh, the ramifications of everything if it happens to go through and if, in fact, it turns out that players will have to be paid a minimum wage and uh, what the ramifications would be for not just the Canadian Hockey League but for amateur sport in general. Also provides links for the players if they uh, choose to opt out of the class action lawsuit, which I think is the the, the reason the WHL would put this up. Uh, I noticed that the Q and the Ontario Hockey League websites do not have something similar like this. So uh, this is a WHL thing, although when you click on it, it redirects you to an area on the CHL website, chldefense.com, with all the CHL uh, information at the top. So pretty interesting. I I don't know how much I'm going to talk to uh, about this again this offseason. I did so much of it last offseason and the offseason before that. Uh, I suppose if you guys, if you, the audience, want to hear more about it and, and want me to get more players on to talk about it uh, from their perspective, uh, either current or former players, I could do that. I could try. Uh, so maybe let me know uh, how you feel about it. You, I think by now you know how I feel about it. But perhaps I could uh, endeavor to get like Rick Westhead on uh, from TSN, who I think if you've read his stuff, you're it's it's pretty easy to tell which side of the uh, the argument he's on. And I wouldn't have him on to debate the, the issues, but to uh, get his perspective and uh, maybe an update on where things are headed. All right, but I am open to uh, your suggestions and ideas of what you would like me to talk about in the offseason starting after the NHL draft. Between now and the draft, it's all draft, basically. Uh, after that in July, July is the offseason. Let's be honest. There's nothing happening in July. So if you want me to uh, to cover anything specific in July, I am open to ideas. In August, then you've got uh, camps for the U20, the U20 Summer Showcase, the U18 camp, then the Holinka Gretzky Cup. Uh, and uh, training camps open in August. So uh, there's lots already to talk about in August, and we get into our WHL uh, previews uh, with all the uh, play-by-play guys. So August gets pretty busy. July is the one down month. Um, so uh, you tell me what you want me to talk about here on the Pipeline Show in July. What we're talking about today, though, here is what's coming down the pipe, as uh, I do have four guests that you're going to hear from. 
We're going to start with uh, Willie Palov, who uh, writes for the Halifax Chronicle Herald, uh, obviously in Halifax. It's a recap of the Memorial Cup, and I spoke with him on Monday. That interview has been up at uh, the on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash the pipeline show. That one's been up all week. So again, for patrons, they, uh, they'll pay one or two bucks a month uh, and uh, get early access to all the interviews that you're going to hear on this full show. Uh, you can do that as well patreon.com slash the pipeline show uh, but that particular interview has been up for like four days already uh, the rest of the show all these interviews have been up for a day or two as well but not for four days uh, like the conversation with Willie we're gonna have three 2019 draft spotlights we're gonna start with Mark Kastelik of the Calgary Hitman a guy who was passed over last year had a terrific season for the Hitman and uh, I totally expect he gets drafted this year, probably in the mid-rounds, though, because he's already been overlooked once and isn't one of those uh, guys who was at the NHL Combine this year. So Mark Kaslick, you're going to hear from him. Then a couple of guys who are much further down the the rankings. NHL Central Scouting has Roddy Ross, goaltender of the Seattle Thunderbirds. They, they have him pegged 17th in North America. So are there 17 goalies taken in the NHL draft? It's You know, that's right around the bubble. But uh, Roddy Ross... Joined the T-Birds just after the calendar changed to 2019. Got off to a terrific start. Helped that team get back to the playoffs this year. Uh, you're going to enjoy that conversation a lot. Another uh, potential late-round gem, Zach Okabe, who plays in the Alberta Junior Hockey League for the Grand Prairie Storm. He's headed to St. Cloud State to uh, play for the Huskies. He is ranked uh, number 201 in North America by Central Scouting. So, you know, obviously a good chance he doesn't get drafted at all, but uh, could be a real good late-round pick. You know, this is a guy who, if he doesn't get drafted, he goes to college, and three years from now we're talking about a potential uh, a high-end UFA or something like that. So uh, we'll see. Zach Okabe, great story, too. His uh, pretty unique story for Zach Okabe, his path to get to, get to where he is, the, the places he's lived and grown up along the way. Uh, you have not heard a story like his, so... Uh, that will close out the show today. We will kick it off, though, with Willie Palov, reporter for the Halifax Chronicle Herald in Halifax to recap the 2019 Memorial Cup. That leads off the Pipeline Show next. I'm Trey Fitzwilanski of the Edmonton Oil Kings. At his own blue line, now Fitzwilanski cutting in right circle, dances around his man to his backhand, forehand, he scores! Oh my goodness, Trey Fitzwilanski! What a move, what a shot, what a goal. Oh, mama. And this is the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks, a lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. 
We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time.